You know the headlines, the mantle that sold for $12.6 million. But the question now is, what does it mean for the hobby? And what does it mean for the value of your cards going forward? We're gonna tell you next on Cards on the Table. Hello, sports card investors, and welcome back to Cards on the Table, our fast-paced talk show where we debate important issues across the world of sports cards. It's been a while since we've gotten together and done this because we took a little hiatus over the summer while I was out in LA covering the card scene out there, and then we had the national. But we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Teapot, Hammer, welcome back to the show, gentlemen. Great to be back. Yep, happy to be here. For sure. And we got big topics to talk about today, including the card sale heard around the world. CNN was covering it. Major news networks all over were covering the fact that the 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle SGC 9.5, a card that, by the way, I got to hold at the National. I don't know why they trusted me to actually hold it in these hands. That was a mistake, knowing how clumsy I am. I spill cups of coffee every damn morning here in the office. Why they trusted me to hold a $12.6 million card, I don't know. Thankfully, it made it through that experience. It's now the biggest card sale. Not just the biggest card sale, but the biggest sale of any sports item in history. The first one to go over 10 million, the first one to go into eight figures. It has set all the records. But what does this mean for the sports card market? What does this mean for vintage? What does this mean for SGC? Lots of questions to dive into. I'm gonna start with you, Teapot. Yeah, so I've kind of broken this down into three things. First, what is this good for? One, it's really good for the exposure of the hobby overall. Like you said, it was on the mainstream cable news networks. It was all over the place. I had friends recently who know nothing about cards texting me like, I can't believe this. It's good for the ultra high end card market, probably just putting more eyes at that level. I mean, obviously that's setting the bar, but I think that tier it's probably really good for. Uh, it's gonna bring potential other big money investors in at that level. I think it's really good for the SGC brand to say, wow, the best looking copy ever, right? Went to SGC and they graded it. And I think it's really good for the three people holding the PSA 10 <laughs> sure. Mickey Mantles. Now, I think it's essentially meaningless for cards that are not ultra high-end. And you guys may disagree on this, but I don't think it moves the needle much. It doesn't make me go, oh, I'm, I'm willing to pay more for $100 Kobe than I was previously. It doesn't impact that at all, I don't think. I also don't think it does anything to impact PSA's stronghold on the market. It's good for SGC. Maybe it puts them above BGS even more uh, now potentially, but I don't think it changes PSA's situation. We know the estimates on those three tens are all 30, $35 million. And then finally, this kind of stirred up some uh, conversation around, will PSA introduce a 9.5 now that you have this spotlight on SGC? And I think the answer to that is still resoundingly no. Nat has said they're not going to do it. And I think the introduction of a PSA 9.5 would only lower their overall gem rate and actually be bad for their company brand overall. So that's kind of my thoughts wrapped up in a nutshell on the mantle. I totally agree. I hope that PSA does not introduce a 9.5. I think that would be disastrous to try to, I don't think they will. I don't even think that's a thing. Who knows though? 
Hammer, do you agree with Teapot, or do you have different thoughts on this whole situation? No, I tend to I tend to have this you know the same feeling on a lot of those uh, particular topics. You know, I think this is a huge win for SGC, and it just further you know legitim legitimizes them as the go-to for vintage. I mean, if you look at the top ten most expensive cards that have been sold, I believe the top three are SGC. I think two of them are, are the Honus Wagner T206 and the Mantle. So SGC has to be celebrating that you know that they're they're a part of that prestigious top ten and and, and sitting at the top three. Um, you know, I agree with, I don't think this is going to affect really ultra modern market or, or new releases. I think that they have their own separate issues there that still need to be figured out. Um, and in terms of grading, I think, I think PSA is still going to continue to see a ton of submissions for ultra modern, but I think now that you've seen the sale, some people that are maybe have vintage are now maybe going to decide to go with SGC, seeing that a lot of these super ultra rare high end cards are getting graded by SGC. So somebody who maybe hasn't touched their cards in 40 years goes in their closet and says, you know what? Maybe I'll go to SGC because I just saw that this Mickey Mantle sold. So that's where I'm at. I think it's a really big win for SGC. And I also think it sparks a debate on maybe what's going to be the most iconic baseball card moving forward. Most of my lifetime, it's been the Hannes Wagner T206. As people get older nowadays, not many people know Hannes Wagner, more people are aware of Mickey Mantle. So I think that's another question that, that this potentially leads, leads us into. Yeah. I love the fact that it further cements high-end cards as a legitimate asset class, right? The fact that you can say this card was purchased for, I think it was $55,000 and here it is selling for 12.6 million. And one of those Mickey Mantle 10s, I got to spend time with the owner of one of those Mickey Mantle 10s this past week and he bought his Mickey Mantle 10 for $121,000 in the early 90s. It's probably worth 35 million. High-end cards are, are a legitimate asset class and this helps solidify it. I do love that part. Here's the downside. We haven't talked about the downside. Here's the downside. I don't think you're gonna see this record broken for quite a while. We've gone through this period in the hobby over the last few years where there was a new headline every couple of months about the all-time sales record being broken. Pushed up and up and up. But I don't see what breaks this now until either a PSA 10 of this card goes on sale, which there's no plans for that to happen anytime soon, I don't believe, from any of the three owners, or maybe the highest grade of the Hannes Wagner cards, but I don't think that one's coming on the market anytime either. So this record may sit here for the next 10 years, 20 years, who knows, um, which is, that part's a little sad because I like, I like the headlines, but at least we got a lot of headline buzz out of this one. What do you guys think about the sale and are there other impacts it's gonna have? Let us know in the comments below. And we're about to jump to the next topic, but before we do, I gotta congratulate this guy, Teapot, because he is the head of our product team here at Sports Card Investor and Market Movers, $9.99. We dropped the price right before the national. The response has been incredible. Yeah, amazing. We've had tons of new signups. Membership numbers are growing. The goal for us has always been to try to make market movers accessible to everybody, to, regardless of what you're collecting, investing, how you're managing it. So that's what we tried to do. We stratified it a little more. We brought a lot of the functionality down to the uh, premium level, and we're getting ready to roll out a massive and awesome new redesign. Market Movers X coming very soon within the next few weeks, and that's just going to add even more value and utility to the product. There you go. Check it out, sportscardinvestor.com. Click Market Movers in the main menu bar, $9.99. Check that out. All right, next topic. Let's roll right in. We're going to talk about, of course, the NFL because we are here right before the start of the next NFL season. 
And I tell you what, I have never felt an off season with as much hype and interest and excitement around football cards as I feel like we have going into this season. Every card show I went to this summer, football was all the focus. It seemed like I saw more football cards. Basketball, which is what had been the focus largely the last few years at these card shows, had really taken a a second seat. Football was what was out in front. But the question is, what does it mean for this season? What about all these quarterbacks that people are investing in and speculating in? I know you actually just did a data dive episode this last week about this topic. I'm sure you're going to bring a little bit of this into play. What are your thoughts heading into this season? Yeah, I did cover that exact topic. And what I did was I went to price movements and market movers and put in the like 32 starting quarterbacks into price movements to see how all of their prices have been trending. Most of these guys have been going up. And I think if you look at who's like who's got the most to prove, especially as the hobby relates to those players this year, like you could literally make a case that it's everybody. Like everybody. We're in a really rare phenomenon now, and I guess it just shows that the parity in the league and, and more talent coming up, where almost every team in the NFL has either a top-tier quarterback, a really good quarterback, or like a top three draft pick who they're trying to see if they'll pay off. Like gone are the days it seems like where John Kitten is your starting quarterback, like it was with the Lions. Like even Jared Goff was a former number one pick, and he's now like bottom rung quarterback in the league. So we're in a weird phenomenon now. But you see guys like Trubisky, Jacoby Brissett, Drew Locke, their prices are going up. They're in like the bottom third of quarterback performance this season. If I'm really breaking down and saying who do I think has the most at stake with hobby prices, I still think it's my boy Patrick Mahomes. His prices have come down drastically. He's the one guy that has continued to come down. In spite of that, there's still separation between him and Josh Allen. And I'm really worried about that division. I mean, the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill. Every other team got like significantly better. Devontae Adams to the Raiders, you know, Khalil Mack to the Chargers, Russell Wilson to the Broncos. I'm nervous. I think the Chiefs are the favorites. They could finish in last in that division. And I'm really worried about what that could mean for Mahomes. And then I think if you look at other guys, just those running backs, the mm-hmm. top running backs, Christian McCaffrey uh, and Saquon Barkley coming back Both from back. injuries, Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook, good backs who need to keep doing more to hold value long term. And Derrick Henry. He needs to come back strong, and we know the Titans, who have gotten rid of all their receivers, are really going to be relying on him this year. So a lot of question marks around a lot of these guys, but like you said, a lot of hype and uh, interest in football cards. What are you looking at? Have you been investing hammer in some of these guys? What are you looking at doing right now? So I've kind of been just just seeing how everything plays out, and you know, I, I'm more focused on one guy who's been arguably the hottest football player in the hobby, and, and I think he has the most to prove right now, and that's, that's Herbert. And most of that's based on pop count, print run and his current prices. Um, if you you know look at market movers, he's got more than double the amount of rookie cards of somebody like Josh Allen, while a lot of their same cards are still being competitively priced. And look, he's clearly one of the most gifted pass throwers in the league. I don't think anybody's arguing that. But up to this point, he's only had individual success. And if he misses the playoffs this year in a loaded AFC West, I could totally see a lot of these collectors that have been holding him uh, you know, they might decide to move off and to go with somebody who's not ha- doesn't have to face Patrick Mahomes twice a year. So, you know, he's going to have a very successful career, but you need to have some team success as you get into this third and fourth year. And if they don't make the playoffs this year, I can really see a, a price correction on his cards as collectors start to maybe go find the next hot quarterback or next hot player. I, I think you're spot on with your comments there, Hammer. I am worried. I looked in Market Movers at... 
Uh, over the last 60 days, what players' cards have sold the most? Looking at all of our transaction data in, uh, you know, across market movers, what players' cards have sold the most? Number one is Joe Burrow. And this, just, this isn't just football. I'm looking across all sports. Joe Burrow's cards across all sports, number one. Justin Herbert, number two. Mac Jones, number five. Uh, Trey Lance, number eight. Tom Brady, number nine. Trevor Lawrence, number 10. Uh, those were your football players in the top 10 in terms of total sales volume. And to me, all those guys, with the exception of Brady, um, you know, have a lot to prove this year, particularly at the top of the list, Burrow and Herbert, because so many of those have sold, because there's so much supply out there on the market, those are the two guys above all others that if they come out of the gate showing any weakness or lapses at all, their prices will go down quick. Both Burrow and Herbert, and Burrow's proven a little more than Her Herbert. I mean, Herbert hasn't even made the playoffs yet. Correct. You know, Bur you know, Burrow at least had that magnificent playoff run yeah. last season. So he probably has slightly less to prove, but both of those guys need to come out blazing or you're gonna see their prices tank. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, if they come out blazing, if the Chargers start 6-0, if, you know, if Burrow goes off for 400 yards in three of his first four games, there's probably room for them to continue to go up from here. Those so. 2021 guys, we know some of those guys are going to be the sure. next Sam Darnolds. Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm really worried about those ones. And then one other guy is Lamar Jackson, yeah. former MVP, superstar. But the Ravens have got to do something this year or yeah. his stuff's yeah, it's going it's down. It's already been going down a yeah. lot. It's already been going down a lot. All right. One more topic today to cover, guys. And first of all, let me give a shout out to Stand, out, stand Up Displays, these nice display stands on our table. You can get your own display stands at standupdisplays.co. Promo code SCI for 10% off. All right, guys, it's our last topic. And normally these topics, we take suggestions from the audience. But since we haven't done this show in recent weeks, there was no way for the audience to give suggestions. But we're going to ask you right now, leave a suggestion in the comments for what topics you want us to cover next week during this show. So our own suggestion was that we talk about Major League Baseball. We talk about the fact that the playoffs are not far away and there are some intriguing storylines as we head into the playoffs this year that may also help impact up card prices. You got players going for records. You got, uh, you know, Trout back and healthy. You got some interesting things going on. Who's going to get the MVPs, all this type of stuff. What do you have your eye on the most? hammer as we go into the MLB playoffs. So this is probably the easiest answer that I can give you guys, and that's, that's Pujols' you know, chase to 700. It's been remarkable to see the second half that he's had. He's, been, he's leading the league in home runs since August 14th and has really been a, you know, a key part of the Cardinals gaining uh, first place, uh, having a comfortable lead in the, in the, in the NL Central. He just hit uh, his home run off of his 450th pitcher, which is now most all time. So just it's records palooza right now in terms of pool holes in this chase. And naturally, the card market has been keeping an eye. You've seen sales volume. You've seen price increases on all of his cards, whether it's his Topps Chrome or you're looking at his Donruss or his upper deck. So you're seeing sales volume increases and price increases across the board over the past 30 to 60 days. So, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, he's two behind A-Rod as of right now. He's 20 behind Great Bambino. Um, I think as long as, uh, you know, Mormel continues to put him in the lineup, I think he'll be able to get to 700. 
Um, but the other thing I'm also keeping an eye on is, because this is his last season, is he currently is sitting at a lifetime batting average of 297. As a card collector and somebody who likes to collect long term, I think it would be very poetic for Pools to be able to finish his career with 700 home runs and a lifetime batting average of 300. But I think the moral of the story is Albert Pools can really do anything in a St. Louis Cardinals uniform because it's been unbelievable to see what he's done up to this point. Yeah, it's cool. It's definitely one of the cool stories for sure. So we're going to be watching him, and, and he may have the opportunity to be a hero come September and October as the playoff races go on, and that's only going to further the mania there. What a way to close out his career that would be. Yeah. What do you have your eye on? There's a handful of things, quick hitters I'll give you. Obviously, Aaron Judge yeah. chasing Roger Maris, chasing 61. He's just smoking a home run every other day, it seems like. You mentioned Trout. People are like, is his career over? He comes back from injury and hits like five home runs since he's back. Just, you know, he's doing Trout things just like you would expect. Julio Rodriguez, obviously, you know, the rookie story of the year. Another young guy getting these massive long-term contracts. Before they really prove they can sustain and do this over and over again, Seattle, I got to give them credit, making moves, trying to lock up the guys like the Rays did with Wander Franco, and we saw it with Tatis. So they're trying to do that. The Padres made big moves. They went out and got Soto. Yeah. And since then, the Dodgers have yawned, said yeah. not interested, not worried, and are chasing 116 wins at this point. They're, they're slightly behind pace for that record. And then Corbin Carroll, who was the number three prospect, could have arguably been the number one prospect getting called up. He was absolutely tearing up the minor leagues. And he just came up for the Diamondbacks, is already out with like a couple of runs and, and some RBIs, having a really strong performance so far. So nice to see a guy that was highly touted come right in and start making an impact. So a lot of stuff that can impact card prices for sure. Yeah, a lot of stuff to focus on this postseason. You know, that list that I called up of the of the top selling cards over the last 60 days for market movers, I went down the list to see where our top baseball players were on there, right? So the number one baseball player over the last 60 days having sold is Shohei Otani. Now, you're not going to see him in the playoffs this year, sadly, nor, nor will you see his teammate Mike Trout. Uh, I certainly hope we get to see him and Trout someday in the playoffs. It's unbelievable yeah. how the Angels have those guys. But Change of ownership. You know, so. Might be on different teams, too. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But the next guy on the list was Aaron Judge. And you mentioned Aaron Judge already. I have my eye on him not just because of home run chase and that type of thing, but I have my eye on him because could this be the postseason when Aaron Judge shines in the playoffs? Could he lead the Yankees to the World Series? Could he actually potentially take home a ring, win World Series MVP? What would that do to Aaron Judge's card prices? Already fan favorite. He's already seen his cards go up a lot this season. What could postseason success add to that? That's going to be really interesting. Right behind Judge, by, by the way, next in the rankings here in Atlanta, Ronald Acuna Jr. So... I don't know. Maybe he'll do something this postseason. He didn't have as much opportunity to make an impact yeah. last postseason. Yeah. He had no opportunity to make an impact last postseason, even when the Braves had their World Series run. The Braves are pretty good this the year. Are so you know he's hungry. Pretty good. He's back. He's hungry. What could he do? And if it's something great, how will that affect his card prices? Lots to watch for. We are we are entering into what I think is the, the best part of the sporting year. Certainly is. For sure. Excited for it. Hopefully you're excited for it as well. And hopefully you're excited that Cards on the Table is back. If you are, please hit that like button. Please subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. And go right down in the comments and leave us a suggestion for a topic next week. We may just very well debate it on this show. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for watching. See you soon.